this is Kenya, and welcome to my magical cottagecore life. Today, we're going to have some fun. It's winter time, the cold winds are blowing, we're expecting a huge snowstorm. It's going to be huge, absolutely huge. And the sun is kind of not as close to us as usual. As a matter of fact, here in North America, when the solstice comes and goes, we'll be celebrating the return of the sun because we'll get closer to it. So for us, it's very cold and a little bit dark. We're waiting on the longest night of the year. So what would be a good way to take care of ourselves until the sun returns fully at summer solstice? Well, you can make yourself an herbal mask. And there's an herb I really love and not a lot of people seem to use here in Michigan, so we're going to talk about it. And if you've been gathering or wildcrafting during the summer, this will be great for you and for the spring in one of these herbs. So open up your big book of stuff because today we're going to have some fun. Turn to the section on herbal powders and facials. If you don't have a section like that, let's make one because today we're going to make a pearly everlasting violet facial mask. Let's get started. Now the first thing you want to do is make sure you're not allergic to anything involved because if you have an allergic reaction, it's not gonna be fun for anybody involved in this. Second thing, make sure you have the herbs that are called for in this recipe. If you don't have them, you could substitute others, but as always, make sure they're safe for your face. Me, I have a little bit of a skin condition issue sometimes, so that's one of the reasons violet is being added to this mix. I mean the violets that you find in the field afar and near. Okay, we're, that's enough of that, but you know what I mean. And remember, we talked about violets earlier. The violets that I'm referring to are the violets that we wildcraft here in Michigan. The wild violet that is a purple color, or violet. I'm not talking about anything exotic. I'm specifically talking about these. And what have we learned from this podcast? We always look for the Latin name. So I'm talking about Viola sororia. We want those. We want the wild violet here in Michigan. And hopefully you had a chance to gather some and dry some and keep it in your jars. Remember we talked about jars. Don't let it become an obsession. So that's the first ingredient. And you're going to need about, I want to say, a quarter cup. Let's get to the next ingredient. Of course, our next herb is Anaphallus margaritacea, and that is our pearly aster, and that is what we're going to use for our second herb. So make sure you have about a quarter cup of that too. Make sure it's nice and dried. You should have it, but if you don't, you can get it online. And it's usually growing out west, but we do uh, have a nice supplier here in Michigan. I get mine from the Crystal Cauldron in Auburn Hills, but it's up to you where you get yours. And I really like it because she has 
uh, special kinds of herbs from uh, organic sources. No, she is not sponsoring this episode. I just like her because she has a lot of fun stuff. Okay, so get that. Make sure it's nice and dry. And what you want to do is combine the two herbs and make them into a nice powder. Now, you can either mortar and pestle it or you can actually put it in a coffee grinder if you want to make it a little bit easier. But I have another uh, method that I use, and that's because I have an old-fashioned hand-cranked meat grinder. And believe it or not, you can feed dry herbs through the hand-cranked uh, meat grinder. And you just turn it, turn it, turn it, and they come out nice and powdery, believe it or not. You can do that a couple of times to run it through, and it's perfect. If you want to, you can even add your oatmeal at this time because guess what? We're also adding about a half to three quarters of a cup of oatmeal, the dried kind, and you're gonna pour it through. Don't cook your oatmeal first, it'll be gross. Now, your next ingredient that you're gonna want is some aloe vera gel, if you can use it. If you cannot use aloe vera gel, you can use clear gelatin, and you're gonna add about a quarter cup of that. And that's just gonna mix all together. And I know you're saying, well, this isn't a very moist mix for a facial mask. And there's a reason. We have one more ingredient that we're going to add, and that's gonna be surprising to you. I already know. And it's gonna be a thick mask, but trust me, trust the process it's gonna be worth it at the end. So if you can't use aloe vera gel, remember you can use clear gelatin. Now, if you are someone who keeps uh, certain observances, you may not be able to use regular gelatin. You may not be able to use meat-based gelatin, and that's okay. There are gelatins that are based in seaweed. You have to spend a little time looking for them, but you can find them. You can also use agar, so try that. Now, I know it's pronounced agar, but when I try to say agar, it just does something to the back of my throat. So it is agar, I say agar, but it is agar. And you can use that, and it's made from algae, so you can use that on your face. But again, always make sure that whatever you use is something you're accustomed to using. And if you want a really a little bit more wet of a mask, then you can always add another half cup. It's up to you. add a note here that when you're using the agar or any other powdered gelatin you want to mix the gelatin and make a gelatin first I know that seems like it would be common sense but common sense is not common so make sure you make it into the gelatin first do not leave it in its powder form when you're making this recipe it should be made into the gelatin all right just wanted to add that Okay, so for your third ingredient, you're going to need a large jar, well not super big, but a large jar of maple syrup. I don't mean pancake syrup, I don't mean corn syrup, I mean actual maple syrup. Not maple syrup, flavored syrup. Maple syrup, the stuff that comes out of the tree. Okay, the stuff that comes out of the tree. 
and is boiled down. Now, if you have maple cream, you could use that, but I wouldn't because it's too expensive. But get yourself some maple syrup. And obviously, this is something you're not going to do every day. And you're going to use that whole bottle of maple syrup and mix it with your whole mess. I know it's going to be gross. It's going to feel funny. And when you put it on your face, it's going to be great. It'll be a little sticky, but not as sticky as you would think. Actual maple syrup is not as sticky as that pancake artificial syrup that we use on our pancakes. Believe it or not. So you're going to mix it all together. And then you're going to put it on your face. But you want to make sure your face is washed before you do this. So mix everything together, adding as you go until it's just the right amount of consistency to be wet, but not so wet that it would sloth off. Now, when you apply this, you're going to let it sit for about 10 minutes in order to get the full effect. You could leave it on longer. I don't necessarily think you should because my thought is you have a lot of stuff to do. So 10 minutes should be fine. If you really want to push it, you could leave it on 20 minutes. Your hands are going to get slightly gunky. So if you want to make it a hand mask too, go for it. Or you can make this a foot mask. It's up to you. If you know someone who just had an, a baby, you could also make it a stomach mask. That's a thing. And we can talk about that in another episode. If that's something you'd like to hear, message me and I'll be happy to do that because there are specific things just for pregnant women. Now, let's keep it moving. <laughs> all right, so <laughs> once you've got this all done, you're going to remove it. And my recommendation is not to remove it with a harsh soap. <clears throat> so if you're going to use soap to remove this, never use a harsh soap. So use something like Dove or a glycerin base, or a homemade cold press soap. Uh, those are good. Uh, maybe buy some. Those are nice too, if you can, if you have money to do it. But nothing caustic, nothing rush or gravelly. Not like a, nothing like a, um, a lava or anything like that. No mechanic soap. I hear the men out there saying, oh, I like my skin, lovely to you. Well, so do I. But no mechanic soap. Um, but make sure you take care when you take this off, because. It really does have a therapeutic effect and let me know how it turns out for you because I like making my own masks. I don't know if you do, but it's fun. If you have a chance, you can make a kit with all these lovely things inside of a jar and give it to a friend. And that's a fun thing to give away. You'll put it in a gallon sized jar, of course, because of the amount of ingredients. Let them know that if they have to supplement it because they don't have enough uh, maple syrup on hand, they can always reduce the ingredient proportions. So let's talk about why we're using the ingredients we are. All of these ingredients are selected in order to help with inflammations, discoloration, dryness, eczema, or other mild skin conditions. They are not given to you as a cure for anything. Remember, I am not a doctor, nor am I a certified herbalist, nor am I a certified naturopath. But I do have some a uh, little bit of knowledge on remedies and things like that. Just call me a little bit cunning as far as those things go. So I, I can I have some wisdom there. These things will be wonderful for your skin. It's gonna sound gross. For those of you who like a little bit more 
of a viscous kind of feel, you can double the amount of the gelatin portion or the aloe vera gel. That way you can have a little bit more of a, of a squishy, uh, oily-ish kind of feel without it being oily. But it's up to you. Personally, I don't like a lot of the gelatin feel. That's why I'm not pushing that part. I can, I can do without that. I really can, I can do without that. I like the more sticky. The reason we're using uh, the maple syrup instead of the honey has a different property, but you could substitute honey in this, but I wouldn't. It's a personal choice. You know, one of the things that makes it wonderful living in Michigan is that we have access to so many sugar maple trees, or as we call them, sugar bush. There's so many sap-bearing trees here, it's wonderful. But maple syrup isn't the only syrup that we can have here from our natural environment. We also have hickory sap that makes his hickory syrup and other trees as well. So explore where you are and see what you can use that may be something similar. Maybe you are in an area that is blessed with a large abundance of honey. Maybe you also have maple trees. Maybe you have hickory trees. Maybe you have birch trees. Although I'm not really sure if the properties of birch match. Let me check real quick. Just a second. I'll be right back in a dash. And I'm back. That was magic. So yeah, birch tree sap is actually known to be rejuvenating and very good for the skin. So if you only have birch, use the birch tree sap. We really overlook the properties of different plants around us, especially trees, those standing ones, those standing people who don't move but give so much to the world. So if you have a chance, venture out and learn more about your world because after all, you don't want to be a person who saps the, the heritage of your nation, right? You want to be able to contribute to it and keep the stories going. Okay, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't. Okay, rolling the eyes is unnecessary. It wasn't that bad, was it? Okay, okay. So we're going to get to the end now. Um, I hope you enjoyed this. I love sharing uh, little tips and secrets with my friends and we're friends, right? So what this is is a secret of how to keep your skin nice and moist during the winter months without having to work overly hard. And I hope I see you next time here on my magical cottage core life. <laughs>